Welcome to the first episode of The Infinite Creators. It's 3.36am with me in Iquitos, Peru, South America. I'm just after getting out of the Amazon jungle a little over 12 hours ago, and I want to kick the show off with what has been one of the most difficult but rewarding challenges I've ever put myself through. 40 days of silence with ayahuasca in the jungle. I feel it's important to share the magic and power of this medicine because of its ability to heal us emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, along with the power of who and what it is. And for those of you who feel like your life is on autopilot, you feel disconnected from yourself, disconnected from nature, always living in your head, struggling with health, this recording may be of benefit to you. As someone who was very skeptical growing up, always living in my head, I'm inviting anyone who's like an older version of me to listen with an open mind and without judgment because you can't truly understand something until you've experienced it yourself. So for you to judge or be skeptical about something you haven't experienced is to have a closed mind. And I assure you that if you're willing to listen and try, then you will truly understand what I'm talking about. So the plant is referred to as Mother Ayahuasca and she is seen as a powerful feminine spirit, energy, the grandmother of all the plants that exist on this planet and as part of an ancient tradition used by the indigenous people of Central and South America. Some say it's a channel that allows us to connect with the consciousness of our planet, which is the spirit of Earth, uh, also known as Mother Earth, Gaia and Pachamama. Its purpose is to heal and its ability is incredible. It's able to heal extreme sickness, illness, disease. It has the ability to help you overcome emotional blocks that keep you locked in darkness and can open you up to more of who you are. The medicine itself is a blend of two plants, leaves and vine cooked together in boiling water that forms into a tea and is consumed as a shot in the presence of a shaman. And the shaman is like a doctor, he's the healer of the tribe. The earliest records on use of this medicine go back to a thousand years, but it's believed to be in use for thousands of years before that. And to give you perspective, there are over 80,000 registered plants from the Amazon, but research studies believe that there may be about 1 million different plant species in total. This means that this medicine of two plants This combination is a 1 in 50 billion chance combination based on my knowledge. So for the people thousands of years ago to accidentally discover this combination would be extremely unlikely. The story goes that the indigenous people were passed instructions on how to create this medicine by the spirits of the plants through their dreams and through altered states of consciousness. And if you're someone who's tuned into your dreams, you will know the power of them. And that's a topic for another day. So I think us humans can be ignorant at times, thinking that we are the only ones that have spirit. But absolutely everything that is alive has a spirit. So I heard about ayahuasca about three years ago, and I had always felt called to go to South America for the last 10 years, even longer. So they say that she calls you and she will find her way to you one way or another. So maybe this is your calling. And the opportunity crossed me last year to do ayahuasca in Ireland for two nights, which I took the opportunity. On the first night, it was a bit slow, but on the second night, it blew my mind. Like, I had a full encounter with her, with her spirit in my visual, and it was just amazing. It was just magic. Like... 
I had asked for inner child healing and the amount of love that I, I felt in my body running through my veins was insane because it was based on the intention. And then that was even followed by a conversation that I had with her and even some play like she, you know, she has a sense of humor too. And I know it sounds unusual, but bear with me. This was then followed by an encounter with a demon, which was extremely challenging, but I managed to prevail and overcome that challenge. But that whole experience of meeting her, which was the light, and meeting the demon, which was the darkness, broadened my understanding of the polarity of energy, and it added another dimension to my existence. And the polarity, for those of you who don't understand it, it's just polar opposites, good and bad, hot and cold, love and fear now they're not actually anything different they're just two sides of one coin and in this case i felt more love and fear but also but ultimately love prevailed so it was an experience that i was extremely grateful for because it has continued to push my understanding of being human my existence and growth and that's an experience that i'll share in depth another day but Another part of this medicine is that it can help you break the limitations imposed by society and the ones you put on yourself. It'll bring you closer to your truth, your knowing. And this medicine has been tried by many successful people. And I'm just going to mention a few. Will Smith, Miley Cyrus, Sting, Jim Carrey, Paul Simon, Aaron Rodgers, who is an NFL American football player. He says it helped him win his last two MVP when he got visuals of him winning it when he was on the medicine and you must approach ayahuasca with an open mind and a clear intention so I've been on the spiritual path for the past few years and it, I've been led by my dreams that I have when I sleep like my family and friends are aware of the messages that I've been receiving in my dreams for years now as I'm very open and sharing them because I know that they're connected to something much bigger than what we experienced here on this planet with our five senses. This reality to me is only a fraction of who we are. So after I had done my first ayahuasca experience in Ireland, I heard about my cousin who had just completed 50 days coming to the end of the year and uh, me and him caught up because it was good to chat to someone who you know understood what the experience is about and he filled me in told me all the details of what the experiences were like and you know it was like a real authentic experience it was it was no hotel no five stars no beds no not there was a bed but nothing like not nothing comfort comfortable that like that we would have so there's no ac no toilets um it's an outhouse there's no sh indoor showers it's like no comfort no technology you're fully engrossed in nature no distractions you know in isolation and i was impressed at what he did so i was very curious about it so when i was traveling through central america i reached out to the owner who had um my cousin had put me in touch with and I'd asked them, was there any slots available? So at this time, I was thinking, you know what, I'll do 10 days um, or maybe 20 days. And th there wasn't anything longer than 10 days available. And my options were to start in three days because there was one space left or else start in maybe 20 days for to join in with the they coming towards the end of the 40 days. But I was, I'm very optimistic. So I said, you know what, I'll take the chance and I'll jump on a plane tomorrow head down and i'll start 
and if with the with the hope that someone would drop out after 10 days that would open up a space so that I could continue. So I gathered myself in Panama. Um, I got a headlamp, I got a diary, pens, a drawing pad and crayons and I landed down in Peru in the heart of the Amazon. And when I arrived at the airport, I could see a lot of people sitting around at the cafe because that's where we were instructed to wait when we arrived for him to come and collect us. So they arrived, the one arrived to Mundo around 1pm and we all headed off in two minibuses for a two-hour drive through the Amazon to a small town called Nata. And then from there we all, we paired up and into pairs of two and got into tuk-tuks which took us further into the jungle off-grid. We landed there in the late afternoon and it was the sun was kind of going down at this time. So on arrival then we're given breakdown of the whole the the dieta is is what it's called. You get to meet all the different people. There wasn't a whole lot of conversation, so it was very limited in getting to know each other before we were going to descend into you know the the diet on our own in silence. So there was twenty of us there. Um, some were there for ten days, some were there for twenty days, some for thirty days, and some for forty days. Um, the owner spoke to us for the afternoon. He was just telling us about his stories, his journeys. A Polish man, um, that is Mundo, who I mentioned, and who at 17 took his first international trip outside his, his native country of Poland to visit Ireland so that he could explore all the Celtic and pagan heritage that still stands with us today. He's a wise man who's deep in knowledge with a wealth of life experience. So, the Dieta. It's... It started by handing in all of our technology, our phones, laptops, uh, watches, whatever, anything electronic. And there's no sugar, no salt, no dairy, no meat, no alcohol, no touching others, no masturbation. You're in isolation on your own and complete silence. No chemical products at all. Um, only two meals per day, breakfast and lunch. And then the ceremony works in a block of 10 days. So with that, you have four ceremonies in between. So you drink ayahuasca on day two, day four, day six, and day eight. And then there's a four-day break between day eight and day 12 when the cycle starts again. And then that repeats for day 18 to 22, 28 to 32 with the last ceremony on day 38. In between the ayahuasca ceremonies, you drink a master plant, which is not psychedelic, and that is chosen by the the shaman, and that's to help you connect with the plants, and it also offers healing, but it's just not in a psychedelic way. So everything's geared towards connecting you to the spirit of the plant to receive whatever you need to receive. So the... The ceremonies are held in what's called the Maloka, which is the temple. It's this huge round structure, and that's that's a name used by the indigenous people to represent the temple. And um, it was a huge cone-shaped structure made from wood and leaves for the roof. It, sta- it stood about 20 meters tall, really, really big, really well put together. And um, there's like a two-meter gap that runs around the outside at the bottom, which separates the roof and the ground, and that has a mesh. So you have a 360 view while standing inside, and you can see all the jungle outside of you. 
so it's completely open in terms of looking out and hearing all the animals and insects, which is a very cool experience when in ceremony. And there's 20 beds inside, and in the center there's a fire pit and space for seats for the shamans and facilitators. And then we were shown our huts, tambu is what they call it. Tambu is the name for a hut built with bamboo. And again, that's similar. It's um, built with uh, a mesh around 360 view of the jungle and leaves for a roof. Uh, you have a bed and a mosquito net. And then you have a candle, you have your headlamp. And all you have for lights after that is the fireflies and the night sky. And the only sound you have is your own movement and the countless amount of creatures all around you and the voices inside your head. Then the shaman, he has been training since he was 13 with his own father and his grandfather. And he sings with his wife. And they would have done their training through this practice, which is training in isolation in the jungle, doing this dieta to help them connect with the spirit of the plants also. And some of them even do that for up to one year, uh, like even longer. The The longer they spend in isolation and doing this dieta, uh, the more they can connect with the spirits of the plants. So darkness fell, um, which we all headed off to bed after our own tambus for the night. And that, that like was dark at about six o'clock and that was at pitch black. We all headed off and we were in silence from that moment. The ceremony starts the next day, which is day two, and we arrive at the Maloka before sunset, just as the sun's going down. So for as I said, it was a full house for the first phase. There's 20 of us in from all over the world, Europe, Middle East, North America, Australia, Asia. Women from the age of 25 to men in their late 50s and women in their 50s too. And every phase starts with a fire to open the ceremony. So once the sun had set, we would all set our intentions to the facilitator or say our intentions to the facilitator. And that was translated into Spanish for the shamans. Then the owner, he would give an introduction talk about how to, say, how to stay strong, how to be with yourself and how to be independent on medicine because you don't know what can come up. It's everything that comes up is a reflection of what's going on inside of you. And it became apparent from the intentions that most of the older generation came to heal their physical bodies from injury and not taking care of their health. While a lot of the younger generation came seeking help healing to their emotional body from their childhood trauma, um, um, abusive relationships, and just struggling to find happiness. So once the fire had died, the shaman and his wife took to their feet to walk around the maloka at the bottom of everyone's bed, blowing smoke from the mapacho plant, which is tobacco, into everyone's face three times. And, and again, this is to help you connect with the plants. So this was immediately followed by taking turns going up to Mundo, who is the owner who serves the medicine. And you two, you had a choice of two sizes. And there wasn't much of a difference in the size, but there was enough to make a difference when you drink it. After everyone drank, all the candles were blown out and we would sit in silence for approximately 30 to 40 minutes before the shaman would sing. And this was to allow enough time for the medicine to make its way into the body and the mind. 
So the shaman sings songs that they would have learned from their teachers, and they also sing songs that are called the Icarus, and these are songs of words and melodies that are passed to the shaman from the plants as he's singing. So I'm reinforcing, keep an open mind for those who are skeptical. So the plants are passing them these words and melodies in the moment. And it's these songs that offer our bodies healing through the vibrations that is passed in the space around us. And I'm going to give you a very brief summary of my experience, like a scratch the surface. Um, the journeys consist of feelings, audio, visual, which are in my mind with my eyes closed and sometimes open. And there's no video recorder that will ever match the quality of the visuals of what I can see. The preciseness of these magnificent journeys unfolding right in front of me as if I'm being brought places my imagination has never thought of as in-fucking-credible. And before I share, I just want to say you don't always get what you ask for from ayahuasca, but you do get what you need. So let's begin on phase one of four. I'm just going to get straight into it. So on one of the journeys, I could feel an intense feeling all over my body, but my right hand was extremely numb. And initially, I thought it was from the way it was laying on my arm or on my chest, but it wouldn't return to its normal state. And even after moving its position twice, the moment I realized it was a reaction from the steel plates in my hand, I got a message in my mind that says I need to get them removed. And as soon as I got that message, the intense feeling ended. Then on another journey, she appeared to me looking at me directly in my mind. Um, she was huge, her head, it was, and she was just looking at me casually, but her body was like a big structure, a big geometric structure, perfectly aligned, and there was like 50 doors on, and it was a round structure, and they were all lined vertically and horizontally, and what I was looking through was that every single door was like a door to another dimension. It was like a big portal. And the message that I was receiving from her was that she was telling me that we are multidimensional. And the meaning that I take from that is we can be multidimensional in this dimension and we can be multidimensional in many dimensions. And a lot of my past came up, things that I felt shame and guilt for, the ways that I didn't love myself. Um, these are just heavy emotions that I was feeling on my journeys and they were tense, but they were rewarding because it was giving me an opportunity to work through them and to continue to understand myself deeper. And th these journeys expanded into how I didn't take care of my body, how I abused it in my 20s with binge drinking and drugs, how, how, how even eating crap food. She was shining a lot of light on that and um, it was an opportunity for me to release that energy and I connected with my body in a way that I never knew was possible and this was so powerful. Like uh, I just realized that the body is so fucking intelligent in a way that I never knew before. Um, so there was just a really good moment that I had with my body and, and an appreciation that I had for it. My inner child... Um, my insecurity growing up 
all the defining moments that changed the path with every def- decision I made as I got older, that there was a lot of that too. And getting to see these moments allowed me to gain more clarity and develop more forgiveness, love and peace to the past. And a message I got for humanity is that we have unlimited possibilities with infinite potential. We are powerful beings capable of anything we can dream of. Um, There was times (laughs) this was just amazing there was times it was literally like a festival going on in my body it was like she was so happy to see me she was pumping through my veins it was like there was a million nano speakers all in sync playing through my body i could even feel them in my fingernails like it it was it was just uh, i don't even have words to explain it and at the same time, there was like these kind of strange looking entities dancing in my visuals. I don't know what they were, but they looked like they were having a good time anyway. Then on another journey, I was able to see in a way that I've never seen before. So everything was dark, but I could see in the darkness. And what I was seeing was every all the objects, the, the structure, the building. It was nearly like the matrix where you you see not so in the matrix they have numbers but i i was able to see things in lines and colors it was bizarre i was like how the hell am i seeing how what is going on here but i could see everything with with color and and this was in darkness so i don't know what was um what was sparked in me or what what she was giving me in that moment but she really really was able to enhance my vision to see everything around me. So that, that was pretty powerful. And another thing was, anytime I would have a negative thought, there was this bird that always chirped, and it literally sounded like the Joker from the Batman, This that laugh. And this happened all the time when I got negative thoughts. It, like, that bird was on point. Every time I got a negative thought, that the Joker, I called him, he was laughing and it, and it, it just re- it validated your negative thought. And I was like, how the hell do you know that I'm having a negative thought? But the funny thing about this was this was the same for others too. We all discussed this at the end, at the very end, um, and how this one bird would chirp when we would have negative thoughts. So the thing about it is, is energy, everything is energy and all energy is connected within us and outside of us. So the bird sound is something that we associated with negative. So I am, I'm imagining that there was a flow of negative energy passing through the maloka and that bird would feel that energy, which would spark it to chirp. And it was just, just being in sync. Um, one of my best friends who passed away at the age of 20, Shane, he came to me in a few of my journeys and he also came to me in my dreams. And, you know, these were just beautiful moments for me because I actually never realized how close he has to be. He, ha- he has been to me all this time. Um, and I know now that he's just been with me every day since he's left his body. I was also able to feel and see sound Feeling it was intense because my body would literally feel like it got shocked whenever there was a loud noise. It was that sensitive to sound. And then I was able to see sound 
in a visual form. Like I could see the patterns through the darkness as the sound would pass through me from the shaman. Um, and like it was it was just amazing. <laughs> um, there was one time like when he was sitting at the end of my bed singing because him and his wife would go around, after they'd sing for a few hours, they would go around the bottom of everyone's bed and sing directly to to each of us for maybe five or ten minutes. But there was this one time where he was singing to me and it was like it was in a tunnel. All of his sounds were coming that were coming out of him. I could see all around me as they were just passing through me. It was pretty epic. And then after the third ceremony of the first phase, I asked if there was any space to continue into the 40 days as I knew it was in me. And then on the last ceremony of the first phase, they confirmed that one person was dropping out. So my optimism played out perfectly this time, but I only got confirmation of being able to do 20 days. So I still had to rely on someone else to drop out. But if I did have to go home, I would still be equally as happy as, you know, I trust that whatever's meant to be is meant to be. So I felt good after the first 10 days and getting to continue was a nice surprise. And again, it was only for another 10 days. So coming into phase two, there was 14 of us that continued. Um, Five completed their 10 days, one dropped out. And we had a new group of six who joined us for the second phase. We didn't get to meet them until day 12. Um, because they're in, And even when we meet them, it's in silence. So through the second phase, I was feeling that there was blockages being removed. I don't know what they are, but it just felt like there was blocks in my body being removed. Um, I was purging a lot. Um, and whatever energy was holding me back. And she started to show me a new story for my life. She started to give me opportunities. She's showing me opportunities. She was really inspiring me to believe. And she was encouraging me to be brave and to be in my power. And it was through this phase that I really started to feel playful with my creativity. Um, Really fell into writing every day, documenting my journeys Um, Everything that was going on in the jungle in detail, my life, my own story, it just started to flow. I was digging into layers. I didn't know were there. I was gaining more clarity, um, way more gratitude. Like I'm a very grateful person in a way, but holy shit, the gratitude that I was really able to dig into in there was just amazing. More love too. Um, My imagination really opened up. Something I feel I'm always in touch with, but now even more connected to. She brought me on this huge journey and at the end of it, I was in this humongous arena. Like it was gigantic, but it was only me in the in this arena. I'd, again, it was like a perfectly shaped geometric bowl. Um, but it was the message that I was receiving was that this arena is for me to visit whenever I want. And she, it was like here that she was showing me my potential to trust it was a place for me to nurture my creativity, a place for me to explore and dream. So that that was that was a very nice journey that we had one night. Um, outside the Maloka on a clear night, the sky was a fucking amazing. Holy shit, it was mesmerizing. Whatever about the plant medicine, it really allows you to connect to nature. You can hear all the sounds. Um, you you really feel connected to it, and the stars shine so bright. There's no light pollution. It's just a different world. 
Um, purging. So purging is vomiting and going to the toilet. As the ceremony, so I was purging every single ceremony. And as the ceremonies went on, they became more intense. And that's your body. The medicine's digging. So whenever you drink, it would sit in your body for maybe an hour or two hours. Some pe- sometimes people only 15 minutes. But it was your, it was digging through whatever it needed to dig through. And then it would bring it into your stomach or wherever it would hold it. And then it, when it's ready, you would feel the urge to purge. And my purging over time really became like loud I was literally roaring into the buckets like I would be roaring my head off as I'd be purging into the bucket but that was how my body learned to adapt because through this method then I was able to open up because it's not coming from your stomach it's it's it opens up like doors in your body that you don't even know exist and it just comes out of nowhere like it's it's bizarre and I could see my body changing after every ceremony like I was losing the excess that I was carrying but I was also really feeling into my capability whatever was being unblocked I was claiming the power available available to me available to all of us um emotions would come up how society says big boys shouldn't cry which is a load of horse shit you know we tell our kids that they shouldn't cry or big boys don't cry and and this leads boys and men to suppressing their feelings and i understand some things can be you know kids can fake for the times but there are times when they're genuinely sad and we need to listen to their feelings instead of dismissing why they're crying because if we don't, this then creates a disconnect from their emotional body. And this in turn develops a disconnect from being able to connect with other people's emotion, which ultimately affects their romantic relationships. So there were a few that cried. I was hoping to cry, but it didn't happen. I know there is an emotional block within me slowly opening, um, as it has on previous times before, but... Um, and it's, it is really nice to feel that emotion release, but again, another topic for another day. So coming towards the end of the second phase, I was feeling good. After 15 days, I got a visit by the facilitator informing me that someone is going to drop out of their original 40-day commitment after 20 days, opening up a space for me to do the full stunt. And that's when shit got real. I was like, knowing that I had another 25 days of silence, isolation, with a strict diet, with 10 more ceremonies, did seem daunting. It was easier when I didn't know if I was staying or going because I never I never set the intentions or expectations of getting past each phase. So after the, or during the second phase, one of the six dropped out and one of the 20 days dropped out and two of the 40 days dropped out, bringing a total of four dropouts through this phase. And it was this. It was during this phase that I really started to see how people were struggling, and how tough it actually was. But it also it really invigorated me to keep going. So going into phase three, there was I think six of the original twenty starters plus one from the latest group, a new group of ten, and the originals that included myself. A one fifty-seven-year-old male who was there for thirty days, and me and him sat beside each other on the bus journey to the resort. And you know, he shared his story of how he arrived here, an entrepreneur in the construction industry, who 
made a decision that he just needed to start looking after his health at the end of 2022. And he had this supernatural experience. He wasn't even aware of ayahuasca, didn't even know what it was. And it, it found him. And um, because it was such a, a bizarre experience, you know, he felt called. And that's his story to share. I, I would love to bring him on and have a conversation with him. But he, he just made the decision to come here and do this experience. And then I was also accompanied by four tough female warriors in their 20s, 30s and 50s who were there for the 40 days. With every ceremony, the medicine got harder to drink. So in phase three now, and it's by no means <laughs> like the black tea we drink at home. It's easy at the start because you have a tolerance, but over the ceremonies, it gets harder to stomach. With every ceremony, my body was losing its tolerance and also losing weight and strength. And that was being reflected with every time I drank. But she kept inspiring me. She was bringing me on journeys. And on one, she brought me through. I don't, again, I was just like traveling through dimensions, visuals, it was, it was I, it's really hard to explain, <laughs> but she was brought me on a journey where she was opening doors for me and I was just following her and she just kept opening door after door and she never turned around. And um, every new door was a new opportunity unfolding and I felt she was guiding me and this was just another very powerful journey for me, both visually and metaphorically. She taught me about the power of our words, how we speak to our body and taught me a healthier way to talk to my body. Just by the power of the words we use can transform our physical health. A quick example is instead of saying my back is fucked, my back is in recovery. Immediately you're changing the perspective of it being fucked to recovery. And with that perspective change, it allows you to talk more positively to your body and everything around you will start to change positively too. I'm not saying it'll heal you 100%, but it will help. Words are powerful energy, so use them wisely. On one of the nights, I went to the outhouse and the moment I got outside, I turned on the white light and I got a bit of a fright. I could see everything multiple times. As I swayed my hand, I could see a trail of energy it left behind either side. With every slight movement, it was leaving a trace of energy behind it. Uh, it was fun. So like as I was slowly moving my hand, I could see three hands either side. And this was the same, as I say, with everything around me. She showed me how to embody the infinite creator that is within me and that is within all of us. And this connection to the infinite creator, which some of you may call God or the universe, however you like to call him, I feel with me, I resonate most with the infinite creator. As God is too religious-like, and I don't identify with religion. I have my own belief system that works for me. And at the core of it is the infinite creator. So this then led her to bringing me on a journey to meet the infinite creator. And it was on, it was in a tunnel and it was like a masculine figure who was at the start of the tunnel, who looked back once over his shoulder and turned around. And then we just started traveling through this tunnel that went on for infinity and the tunnel 
was that in front of him, the tunnel was a dead end. But as we moved, it just kept creating and creating and creating. So to me, it was like the infinite tunnel. So that was very powerful too. So she brought me to another place. Um, This wasn't geometric. She brought me to like this. It was just, (laughs) just, uh, I have no words, but it was like this night sky with huge stars, a, a very, very nice blue, huge hollow stars and circle ones too. And I, my heart dropped when I was like, holy shit, where am I? With amazement, like I was just in utter shock. And the moment I seen that, she just pulled, she just brought me back. It was like she was flashing at me. And then she then she pops up into my visual, smiles at me and disappears again. And like, that's her sense of humor. Like she is very playful, I assure you that. Um, so I was starting to find a tough coming towards the end of phase three you know i was listening to my body and it was my body was like ryan what are you doing to me like i'm finding this very challenging because i was losing weight strength my muscles they were deteriorating and um but getting past the halfway mark of the third phase was a big check mark for me so that would have been 10 ceremonies in with six left and that was 25 days completed and because I felt with only 15 days left I was on the home straight even though my digestion digestion system slowed way down and going to the toilet was extremely challenging it took a lot of my energy um my body like it slowed down so much so I ended up asking for more food thinking that would you know kickstart my system but it wasn't about the quantity my body just had slowed way down I even decided to do some light exercise 50 press-ups set up squats but that was not a good choice already running low on energy this amplified the low energy and in the next ceremony oh, it knocked me for 10 it like it was like I got knocked down by a train um so coming towards the end of phase three in the very last ceremony i decided to ask for healing on my physical body that was the first time i'd asked for it on my shoulder um which is in recovery from surgery that i got recently after dislocating it over a year ago and at the end of this uh ceremony you know, I purged and it was like a gooey purge, different to the previous purges I had. But, you know, but during the ceremony, I could feel the medicine. I could feel it moving around my shoulder. But, my God, at the end of the night, my shoulder, I was in shock. I could not believe the mobility that I had in my shoulder after the ceremony just from setting the intention and speaking it out loud, the fact that I had asked for it and she had given me the healing and I I just, I was, um, I just, again, no words, I was just in utter shock. I could not express enough gratitude to her for the fact that she was able to give me mobility back in my shoulder in the short space of that time just because I asked for it it was incredible and then I also had an out-of-body experience so that's also known as an OBE which is where I was not in my body I was brought to somewhere completely 
completely way, 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 way away from this planet here. Um, and the moment I realized that I was not in my body, it was it was both it was both amazing and absolutely terrifying because I didn't know if I was going to come back. And the moment that I realized that it it like it took a moment and then I realized like shit I'm not where the hell am I? I got kicked back into my body and I opened my eyes and I jumped up and I was like, whoo. <laughs> and my heart was going crazy. Um, but I was also so grateful just to be back in the room because I, I did not know what had just happened. It's kind of similar to lucid dreaming if anyone has experienced that, but it, this one wasn't so pleasant because where I was was not a comfortable place. And I'll talk about that another day too. But in one of the ceremonies after I purged, I was able to feel the energy of the room, feeling the vibrations pass through me. I mentioned this before, but um, it it just it 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 was beautiful. Like being able to feel the energy, and like this is an ability that humans have. Some people actually have this ability naturally, but the the medicine it opens up opens us up to more of our ability and more of our potential. Um. And even though phase three was challenging, I was still striding through it. Like I was enjoying my time alone. I was using the time to create, connecting with all the creatures around me, tuning into whatever animal I could and seeing if there was a message that I could feel from them and the energy that they carried. Um, there was like otters, families of badgers. I think they were badgers. And loads of different types of birds like woodpeckers and so many um, insects the size of birds, huge lizards to tiny ones, bats, rats, strange looking frogs, boars, howling monkeys, snakes, and a black jaguar. Uh, I fell into routine pretty well in my time in my tambu, but after every ceremony, I was exhausted. The next day was like literally just lay down on my bed or in my hammock, just trying to recover. And it was like these days I would do a bit of art, I would take notes, and then the following day, which would be the day of the next ceremony, I was feeling refreshed that morning, so I would do a lot of writing from then on, right up to ceremony. And I was able to gauge the time of the location, or I was able to gauge the time by the location of the sun, which helped me gauge in when my meals would arrive, breakfast and dinner, because I had no idea of time. Um, but I found out after the retreat that it was pitch dark at 6 p.m. and the sun came out at 4.45 a.m. And that was my rhythm. I was going to bed with the darkness and getting up with the light. And the nights were long, like being in bed that long, <laughs> I would wake up like, Jesus, is the sun going to rise or what? Um, but it was really nice to fall into the rhythm of nature, which is our natural state of being. I was very excited going into the final phase. It felt like it was going to be an easy journey, you know, I was on the home straight. And I felt with the four-day break before the first ceremony of phase four, I could squeeze some exercise in again to try and retain any muscle I had left. And I felt good after it. We had a group of five join us to make a total of 14 going in 
to the final phase going for the finish line. And um, in the first ceremony of the last phase, and I opt for a larger shot this time, and my body just revolts with the drink of the uh, My whole head, neck, and spine is doing this whole body shake. Like, when you eat a line, but times 100, it's its tolerance is just deteriorated. Like, it's so tough to drink this time. And 13th ceremony, I just, like... Hit by a train again. I was weak. Even thinking was tiring. I remember laying on the bed and the thought of moving my arm to pull the blanket over me exhausted. So I just lay there still until I had the energy to lift my arm. That That's how tired I was. I was disorientated. I struggled to see where I was going at a time. And that that's when I knew I was challenged. I was like, in that moment, when I got back to my bed after being unable to find it, having to be guided by the facilitator, I sat down and I picked up my bucket and I struggling to purge and the thought ruined my mind, give up, Ryan. But I held on, I fought it and I was like, you know what, Ryan, just hold tight, hold out till tomorrow, you're just getting it tough at the minute. And the exercise didn't help. I, my body just wasn't able to do both and I was pushing myself too hard. So, um, you know, I just persevered and tried to make it through the night to get to the next day. And then another journey, um, she brought the festival back again. And uh, just as she was pumping through my body, these strange-looking entities, dancing, having a good time. And that definitely brought some joy back when I was struggling. But my body wouldn't purge in ceremony 14 and 15, which was the third and second last ceremony there was just nothing on the tank my body wasn't able to to remove anymore there was the first two ceremonies that i had ever encountered that i couldn't purge and i didn't enjoy that feeling because when you purge that's when you truly fall into a good experience because the medicine has got in it's done its work it's removed everything and that's all that's left is you and your visuals and the journeys. But whenever you're lying there and it's like you're twisting, you're turning and you're you're popping up, you're popping down because you're not. It, it's just really, really challenging to enjoy your experience. So like they were really tough for me. But, I st- you know, I still had a profound experiences. Um, there, were, there was like one where I had a fire that was being lit inside my fire and inside my heart and I could see it burning and I could feel its energy running through my veins. And I asked for inspiration on some of the intentions and, you know, how can I bring more love and joy to the world? And one that she showed me that this podcast is one method that I can do that. There was a moment where I was out of breath after attempting to purge in the toilet and when I came back, I was panting. That was how little of energy I had. I was literally on the bed, not struggling to breathe, but it was heavy breathing. But knowing the power of her ability, she was doing on me, it was healing my body, and it was tough. It was tough. I think asking for healing on your body, was more. it's more challenging because it's the, the physicality of it. Um, and it felt like I was swimming to the end you know, right through then, because it was fucking tough. The last three ceremonies felt like I was going to war every time. That that interpretation of me feeling like it was going to be easy was was wrong. It, it was like I was in the trenches. 
Um, but the one thing that kept me going was the the set the ever at the end of every phase there's a new fire and I knew that this fire was going to be a good one that celebration fire and I could I was visualizing being able to get up talk hug people share our stories laugh um being able to connect with my loved ones again and that, that was my oasis so I wasn't going to give that up just for the sake of a few days you know so um Thinking on thinking that the home straight was going to be easy was definitely a tough lesson to learn. Um, it just was not that way anyway. You know, it didn't. I could not have anticipated it being that hard. Again, my expectations. I was wrong for having expectations. They were smashed in my face, and I learned that lesson again. You know, life isn't experienced in straight lines. You know, we have a destination, but the journey there will always swing to the left, to the right. It'll go up. It'll go down. It's when we get thrown in these directions, the chaos, that gives us the opportunity to become stronger. So I embraced that challenge, you know, and I weathered that storm knowing I was capable of coming home. And when I pulled through that storm and seen the fire being lit at the finish line, I was the first in the Moloka to let a roar of celebration. Nobody was expecting it. As the fire was lit, I jumped up in celebration while everyone else lay in their bed, probably wondering, what is this crazy Irish guy doing? But the joy and the love that I was feeling in that moment for overcoming one of the toughest and probably craziest challenges, but most beautiful experience I've ever put myself through. I didn't want to lay on the bed. I wanted to dance around the Maloka. I wanted to share that energy with every single human there. I went to everyone's bed telling them, get up and give me a fucking hug. <laughs> I expressed my gratitude to everyone for the shaman for the facilitators, for the workers, for the food, for my excitement to connect with my loved ones, to share my experience with others, my gratitude for love and for the experience that we call life. For having nothing over the last 40 days, like just a bed, a hut, a pen and paper and two meals per day, it just taught me like we don't need that much. And the relief of overcoming this challenge, being able to communicate with others, being able to touch others. I wasn't even trying to be funny, but everyone in the Maluka was laughing because I was so energetic and the gratitude I was expressing. But this moment, I had been waiting for nearly six weeks. It was just, oh, it was just beautiful. And being able to share this experience with four women to the end, who gave me the belief and courage to complete this journey. Gentlemen, do not underestimate the power of the feminine. Women, they are fucking warriors. I was informed by the facilitators that it's always women who finish it out and more men drop out. Um, so like watching a total, I think it was 10 drop out over my time here, demonstrated the challenging aspect of it. But it felt good to complete it. Um, it made every difficult moment worth it. The transformation that happened inside of me is phenomenal. The learnings, being able to sit through 16 ceremonies, something I didn't even know I was going to do until I was eight days into the experience. I did something I didn't even know I was going to do until three days before I started. The power of silence. It's one of the most powerful tools we have. When we tune out, we tune into ourselves. We have all we need inside of us. We can tune into our own art. 
Living with only a bed, a pen, paper, drawing pad, crayons, two meals per day, no electricity, no running water, an outhouse. And one of the biggest challenges in there was, which was one of the smallest in the jungle, were the mosquitoes. It was a battle with them every day. Like, they were my nemesis. My body is covered in bites. Um, but the whole experience taught me so much. I could talk for hours and days on it. I did the extreme end of it because I knew it would be the most beneficial. But for others interested, you could do a four days in a social setting in a bedroom, be open to experiencing more of who you are and start gently. But my experience was teaching me to be. It was teaching me to develop more patience, to feel into my power and ability, experiencing more of consciousness, exploring the potential of the human being, tuning into myself to express my own art, learning about her ability to heal me and humanity. For anyone having mental or physical health challenges, I strongly emphasize you seriously consider this as an option. I spoke with people from the age of 20 to 60 who had physical health issues, and uh, it's beautiful to hear how their issues had improved drastically. I'm even happy to share their stories so you get an idea of the improvement that couldn't that they couldn't get from years of the health system we have around us. But one of the most profound um, takeaways, which was connecting with the infinite creator, um, realizing that you know the infinite creator exists in every planet, element, plant, animal, in the most disgusting, darkest thing to the light and the most glorious thing, that being human is one of infinite experiences I will have, that being on earth is a decision my soul made to come here and learn, that ultimately you too are an infinite creator. We come here to create art, to continue creating in the dimension that was created a long, long time ago we call the universe, to find our own art, because every single one of us has art inside us, even you who thinks you have no artistic talents, I assure you, you do. And art isn't about impressing others. It's about doing it with good intention and love to impress yourself. It isn't limited to painting or sculpting. It can be absolutely anything from planting seeds to designing the tallest building in the world to spreading love and joy with your words. It's through our own art that we can inspire others to explore theirs. Exploring my potential, I discovered I had the ability to write. I documented everything that I experienced in detail. Um, my life, my learnings, my challenges, my journey. Too much for one podcast, and I will share in great detail another day. And ultimately, this podcast is my art. I want to spread more love and joy through communication with my messages that your past, your mistakes, and your darkest moments deserve to be loved, that your health and well-being should be your number one priority, to be better humans, to be kinder to the planet, because we are starting to wake up to how we're abusing the planet. You know, the plant kingdom has been here for over 500 million years. They have figured out how to live in harmony with Mother Earth. And the spirits of the plants are trying to connect with us. Because we've only been here for a few million years, we are babies in comparison and we're making a mess, but we're learning slowly to live in harmony. We still have a lot of work to do because we have lost our way. 
we've been disconnected from nature for so long. But we too are nature. The planet is our garden. Like we are the planet. Our bodies are made from the dust of the earth. Like we're not separate from it. And if we don't learn to treat her better, she will remove humanity from existence. Just like our body removes a virus when it's not serving us. Because she really is that powerful, just like our bodies. And that you truly have the ability to tap inside and see that you have unlimited possibilities and infinite potential within you. This may or may not resonate with you. And for the people who claim that it's just my imagination, even if it is just my imagination, you're giving me power to claim I've got a pretty epic imagination. But this is my truth. And I also know that my truth is I'm a hairless monkey and know absolutely nothing. But I will continue to live in my truth knowing the impact it has had on me with the goal of helping others. It doesn't mean the challenges in life have gotten easier for me. I still have difficult challenges. It's just part of the human experience. But how I approach them is what makes it easier for me to overcome. If I had no challenges, then I wouldn't learn anything. And that would make it a boring experience. So I embrace every challenge with curiosity, asking what's it going to teach me? How can I become a better human? How can I improve? How can I acquire more patience? How can I be more understanding? And how can I be more loving? So I want to thank you for listening to the very first episode. And I ask you to remember that you are the infinite creator.